All right. In five, four, three, <laughs> two. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the weekday <laughs> with, my, with my very statuesque brother next to me. That's Mike over there. Hello. <laughs> I'm my Andy. Name is, my, name is, <laughs> my name is Mike. Oh, that was great. That was a good start, Mike. Thanks. Thank I appreciate that. Hey, welcome to episode 23 of the weekday. Uh, we're going to try to get through this one because it's... Uh, get through it? What? It's it's already been an interesting start. Oh. That's okay. With you and your statuesque post. Right. Just um, that. Also, that and the news that my favorite team in the whole world, Chelsea Football Club. I heard... Yeah, they got rid of Mr. Frank Lampard, but they actually hired somebody new already today. I mean, yeah. For those of you that don't know, English Premier League ho- soccer. Hockey. I was going to say hockey. Well, that was wrong with me. Is weird. Like, the way that they trash people so fast. It's insane. Higher and like, fire. Like, I think the NFL or NBA or whatever can get bad sometimes. Yeah. But we have so much more grace in American sports <laughs> than they do. And I mean, like, it is brutal. There's a cultural cynicism to a lot of oh it. Oh my gosh, it is absolutely brutal. Yeah. Two losses and you're already yeah. in the hot seat. It's insane. But then two wins and you're a hero again. Well, and like, what does a manager do in soccer? You know, like, for real, what do they do? Because I, what I think happens, and this is maybe this is my cynicism coming out uh, when it comes to like, Sports. high price sports and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like you the uh, manager will come in and they will play just bonkers, just so good for that first season. Win the premiership, win Champions League, whatever. And then the second year, they look like they cannot play soccer anymore. And it looks like they just all get together and just be like, you don't want to play either? I don't none of us are going to play anymore. Hey okay. guys. Hey, yeah. uh listen, we want this guy fired, yeah. so I, is that not what happens? That's what happened this year. Okay, uh, exactly. I mean, they had a scream and run, and then the the we don't need to. This is not a sports podcast. Uh, so we <laughs> I don't, do like too how this the podcast it, we're not talking at all about the Bucks right now. No. <laughs> well, I was going to bring them up. I was going to say you know, but in in I was going to use it as a contrast, but right, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so at the time of this recording, we are currently celebrating the NFC champion uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. Uh, Super Bowl bound. Super Bowl bound. Hometown. First time. First time's ever been done. Yeah. Uh, hometown team at a home Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, with Mr. Tom Brady. Although um, that was not Tom Brady's win. Uh, Tom Brady did what he had to do to win, but it was the defense's win. Sure. Whatever. Because uh, the defense looked like Warren Sapp era yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't want to face most of them. No. Gosh, yeah. no. No. In a dark. <laughs> even though they're probably some of the nicest guys ever. I don't. I just I don't know how you, you could get hit one time by one of those guys. Oh gosh, I'd be dead like easily and be before the, I hit the ground. I'd yeah, be it's dead. the Mike Tyson effect. Yeah, uh-huh. Like you could never take a punch from yeah. Mike Tyson because you'd be dead on the way down. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, uh, go Bucks, uh, and we'll be recording another. Wait, podcast. what about soccer? You you were saying something about? Oh, uh, Chelsea actually. So they fired uh, Lampard yesterday. They sacked him. That's they, what they sacked, sacked him. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. they sacked him. Uh, it's got a very like Vikings. He got sacked. It's a very barbarians yeah, at the gates uh-huh. of Rome. Yeah. Uh, and then they hired Thomas Tuchel today, uh, who Who's is that? he was the ex coach of PSG and Borussia Dortmund and okay, uh, be fine. Mines. I mean, he's great. He he's the amount of money he's these been to the Champions have. League three out of the four last yeah, four years. I mean, fine. he won the league with PSG twice. He'll be there for three years and then he'll he'll win. He signed an eighteen month contract. Yeah, he'll <laughs> there you go, and, and they'll they'll extend him A another year. another year, and but he won't. Yeah, well, but he won't live out the that whole year contract. Yes, just like the amount of money. I always. This is not 
this is this is a side conversation that you and I should probably have. But I knew when they hired Frank Lampard, it wasn't going to go well. Well, like, and I just he is for I don't follow Premiership, but I did play FIFA a lot, <laughs> the video game. That's a very Holiday Inn. Like yeah. I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn yeah. Express last um, night. But I I did play the game FIFA and got really into it. Uh, you know, and the people in the Premiership and all kind of stuff. And Chelsea, like late 2010, or sorry, late 2000s, early 2010s. Chelsea, Frank Lampard was like Superman. Yeah, he's yeah. my favorite. He's incredible. Yeah. Uh, incredible soccer player. And so, yeah, anytime that like, you know, you have this like revered figure from your franchise or whatever, and then come back, it's never going to go yeah. well. Yeah. You're it's right. never like th- it can only it's go only poorly. Go yeah. 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 Because like the highest expectation is never going to be met. Like you're never going to, unless you're there for 25 years. And you do like some crazy run. It's just, it's never going, sure. the the margin of error is so small. Sure. Yeah. Let's pour one out for Frank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's how that went. Uh, so I'm a little bit in mourning and I'm a little bit happy at the same time. So, sure. uh, Hey, we're going to talk about some other stuff. Today. Isn't that life? Yeah. <laughs> well said. Well said. And with that, uh, yeah. yeah, no. So um, to kind of jump into our topic today, we, have been in the series called Once Upon a Story, Once yeah. Upon a Time, excuse me, Once Upon a Story, uh, Once Upon a Time uh, here at Bay Hope. And if you haven't seen any of it, uh, you can head over to youtube.com slash bayhopechurch or to bayhope.tv to catch up with everything we've been talking about. Because specifically, we've been talking about, <clears throat> ooh, my voice just cracked there. Uh, it's allergy season. Nice. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. Bay, yeah, it's my, I'm growing up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting hair on my face. Uh We've been talking specifically about the parables of Jesus, yeah. and there is a lot of parables of Jesus. Like I, I went through, um, I was just kind of doing a little bit of research for this podcast. There's something like twenty or thirty parables that okay. are outright parables, and then he actually taught in yeah, a lot of his teachings are like tiny, many, yeah, yeah, many just little things, yeah. and and parables for the uninitiated. Uh, really, a parable is just a story. Yeah. It's a story with a, a meaning, and the 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 bad thing is is that scholars sometimes they try to take the meaning and read too much into it Mm -hmm. and really what jesus was doing was taking an ordinary everyday activity that was happening in front of him or that was cultural and was trying to relay a teaching about something so in jesus's case it was the kingdom his you know the 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 coming of the kingdom basically Um, and so mike actually brought this up yesterday when we were talking about the podcast and he said what if we just talked about our favorite parables and I really like that idea. So, Mike, I'm going to kick it to you. What are your favorite? Kicking it to me. Kicking it to Mike Mage. Um, well, I'm going to start uh, a little sideways on this, a, a tiny bit. Um, and this is, I don't. It's honestly, it's very difficult to think about what are my favorite parables, because uh, then that means there's some I have least favorite parables. Okay, yeah. Let's let's qualify this. If everything is a ten, this is like a ten point one. Okay. It's a ten to ten point one scale. Right. I mean, I do have some parables I don't think I'd like. Um, I don't know. I don't know which one. I would have to think about it. I, I, that wasn't the topic of the podcast, man. We didn't do research on that. Yeah, we've got a lot of other stuff going um, on. So here, I, I will. I will talk about something that I'm going through currently, uh, or something I'm reading through currently that I do think applies really well to this section of what I'm about to talk about. So I am. So sort of based on what we're talking about last week with the the, the freedom song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying how like that was almost a response to like my cynicism or whatever um, was that song. And, you know, mm. how, how am I going to how do I combat cynicism? How do I? Uh, and so I've been reading this other book. Actually, I talked about this in staff meeting this uh, this morning, but I'm reading this other book by John Tyson called Beautiful Resistance. And his actual the last 
uh, one of the last points he has in the book is that celebration celebration uh, is basically the antidote to cynicism. And, um, or, you know, celebration must resist cynicism. Do you have the book book or do you have the Kindle or whatever? Yeah, I have the actual book. Yeah. I I should have bought it. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things he did in it was talk about how God is actually like a celebrating God. Like Hmm. God is a delightful God. Like God is the happiest being we have in the universe. Like, uh, not only is he just filled with joy, but like, he's actually happy too. And so many times, like we've just focused on like God's judgment and God's anger and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but like, if you read in the old Testament about God's anger, it does not sustain Hmm. like God's joy and delight and compassion and all that kind of stuff are actually the things that sustain and are part of his character. And so in, in reading the parables that Jesus, a lot of, like, yes, Jesus taught about the kingdom, but he also taught about the character of God mm. and who God was. Uh, and so there's this really cool, and Matthew actually talked about, Pastor Matthew actually talked about this uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, depending on when you listen to this. In one of the weekends, <laughs> he talked about the prodigal son. And while I do really like the prodigal son, uh, something that I like even more is that there are three stories back to back to back, mm. uh, three parables that Jesus tells. And whether or not he actually told these in succession or who the author of Luke, or if it was Luke, whoever, um, put these t- three together because, like, these were three primary things that Jesus would say, uh, and they all sort of surround sort of the same idea. And so it's from Luke 15. Mm-hmm. It's and I think Pastor Matthew even sort of mentioned this. Mm-hmm. I just I really I love this. Yeah. Um, but it's the parable of the parable of the lost sheep, parable of the lost coin, and parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And so um, basically, all of these stories revolve around this one idea that. Something is lost, and the person who owns these things, the person who looks after these things, um, like either they go out and find them, or somehow they come back to him, or whatever. You know, like he will the like in the prodigal son, the father goes out to meet yeah. the lost son, or whatever. He doesn't wait for him to come back and be, you know, this uh, mournful, uh, regretful human. You know, like, but the father goes out and rejoices with him. Uh, the parable of the lost coin. It says. Um, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds, and this has a lot of uh, cultural context to it too. You know, like that, if a woman had these coins and she lost them, that would say something about her, you know? Um, And so once she, and when she finds it, she will call on all her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me for, because they have found my lost coin. Hmm. In the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when one sin, even one sinner repents. Uh, And then, you know, going back to the lost sheep, when let's say a shepherd has a hundred sheep, one of them, le- one of them g- gets lost. He will leave the ninety-nine to go find the one, right. bring them back, and then not just celebrate with himself, but ask other people to join in on the celebration. Hmm. Like we lose, it's a, it's a, such a great reminder to me that our God is a God who delights um, and in celebration of and rejoicing in um, these really cool things of, um, you know, celebrating when someone is found, celebrating when someone is, uh, when someone who was lost is now found. Um, it's a good thing for me. It's a good reminder for me that, um, you know, to help me combat my cynicism, honestly, that like what I believe about my God is what actually shapes how I live my life, which like I said this morning, our staff meeting is not something that is mind blowing, but so many of us don't think God is actually like a happy, rejoicing God. The the weird thing, I've never, I've read these stories. Yeah. I mean, you can see this, you can't tell on the camera, but like this Bible is right. just trashed from all the amount of reading and everything that's been done. I have, you're so spiritual. So yeah. holy. So spiritual. Guys, I'm the most humble. <laughs> so I'm the spiritual. most humble yeah. one in this room. <laughs> uh, 
I have never put together that all three of them have other people in them. That's yeah. like the f- that that's a mind blowing oh, cool. thing. There yeah. you go. I, thanks, Mike. Yeah, thanks well, for bringing that up. You're I must welcome. have not been listening to uh, Pastor Matthew when he was talking about that. Because I think he did say something about. He look, did, but I was probably yeah, doing yeah. something. Yeah, there was. It's a th- well, we're all working, you know, like that's there's yeah. also that too. <laughs> yeah. That but like, thing. there's a the, the through line in all of this. There's a reason all three of these are in one chapter back to back to sure. back. Um, and that's just, and obviously the prodigal son is the one that we know the most. Um, because it is probably it's the most complex obviously it's the longest Hmm. um but there's something about the father that like we the father and the prodigal son specifically that we are also supposed to emulate of like this over like we're overwhelming people with this countercultural joy um and this countercultural celebration when really we should be like pointing our finger and be like i told you Hmm. that this was going to happen Hmm. uh and god does the opposite which is like is really cool thing to me. So, yeah. anyways, that's great. Thanks, I'll, Mike. Thanks I'll for throw that. it to you. Uh, kicking it back to me. Kicking so, it, my one of my favorites. Um, it's called the Parable of the Hidden Treasure. Uh, and it's it's a it's a quick little literally it's one verse. Yeah. Um, the reason it's one of my favorite. Well, let me read it first. And this it's is one great. Verse. So, not that this is one of my least favorite parables, but this is one that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Okay. So I let like me, I like that you're going to talk about this. Let me put this. this into context then. So uh, it's in Matthew 15, or Matthew 13, excuse me, verse 44. For those reading along at home, uh, it says, this is Jesus teaching. Uh, he's teaching to a crowd. Doesn't doesn't actually say where the crowd is. Just says he's teaching to a crowd. And he's it says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. So the one reason it's one of my favorites is, uh, and I have to give a little context to this, it's obviously about the kingdom of God and finding the kingdom of God. And uh, you're right. It seems a little weird. Like, why would this guy find something and then bury it again and right. then go like have to do all this other stuff? But uh, it didn't It didn't really make sense to me until, I mean, it's always made sense, but I was reading Abba's Child by Brandon Manning. Okay. Great book. Um, and it's... Tenth time I'm through this book, maybe. Uh, it's one of those books, if you watched or if you engaged with uh, another one of our shows called Kicking It With Matthew, uh, with Pastor Matthew, uh, he and I talked about it in our live stream yesterday, as a matter of fact. And I told him, Abba's Child is one of those books that I always have, that I'm always kind of reading, always. Yeah. And then when I get done, I give it to somebody. And then I just buy another copy. And yeah. actually, I got gifted this copy by Matthew and Maisie for Christmas. It's great. Cool. Um, and so I'm halfway through it again. And... Brennan writes in a very sort of loquacious, um, over the over a over exuberant manner, yeah. um, and he starts he he modernizes this by saying, "Imagine if you were a peasant." I'm going to say modern, but it's like in in words that we and he and you're out plowing the field, and you've got your ox plowing the field, and like t- you're, it's towing your plowshare. You know the the idea of like right. you got to ride on the plowshare, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it digs a little too deep. And it hits something and you get angry at the ox. And so you start yelling at the ox and then you pull your plowshare up and you realize that it hit like a jar and you dig all and you dig everything away. And mind you, you're super poor and you dig away and you find this jar and it's overflowing with jewels and, and just gold and all this other stuff. And you realize this is more money than probably anybody has ever seen ever in a lifetime, including Caesar. Mm -hmm. And it belonged to whoever the, whoever bought the field. And whoever's field it belonged to, and it just so happened that this guy was had died in a war or something. Anyway, he he kind of contextualized a little more. And that doesn't really matter. But you bury it again, and you go, and you sell all that you have. You sell your hut. You sell that ox. You sell 
every piece of clothing you have and everyone around you tells you you're crazy. Yeah. Everyone around you says, what are you doing? Why are you selling everything? Why are you selling out so much? But with that meager whatever, you go and buy something that is even more, even worth more than you can even imagine. And for me, it's so it's so precious to 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 think about that because the kingdom of heaven is, you know, we hear there's all the there's kind of all these little things of like the kingdom of heaven is like Jesus always says the kingdom of heaven is yeah. like it's mm-hmm. like uh, mustard seed and it's like you know this it's like a pearl of great price and all this other stuff. The kingdom of heaven is so valuable that we as disciples need to be willing to sell everything we have, and that's not just financially. That is. Um, attitude and emotion yeah. and Our we preferences need, and... Yeah, we need to be able to sell out and so you were just talking about that john tyson book which i yeah. pulled up here um like we need to be able to uh uh not compromise in how beautiful the kingdom is because i think a lot of times especially in our culture today we've watered down what following jesus actually means yes we need to love yes we need to encourage yes we need to do all those things but we also need to realize that the kingdom of god is so beautiful and is so life-giving and is so fulfilling that we need to be willing to sell everything that we have to follow it um i mean you know jesus talks about hating your mother and father and all this other stuff and and the word is not the word is translated in english hate but that they the actual Greek word doesn't mean hate. It just means to put in second place. So you need to be willing to put everything in second place behind the kingdom of God. So that's why it's one of my favorites. It's just this sort of like quick little shot of... Yeah, it is very quick. it's It's a sobering like, oh. And so every time I read through that part, every time I read through that, or every time I read through um, in Abba's Child, I have to like close the book and close my Bible and start writing like, okay, what what have I... Hmm. What have I put in front of you today, yeah. God? What and am it, I willing to sell? Yeah, to like gain this. Yeah, and it's all—it's always like a gut check for me. Yeah. That's why it's one of my favorites. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's one of those things too that I think Jesus is Jesus is Jesus. Are there multiple Jesus? Jesus I, Jesus with apostrophe on the end. Okay, so it's his parables. You know they call them inverted commas in England. Why when they do these? Inverted commas? Uh, yeah, so... With, instead of air quotes? Instead of air quotes, they call them inverted commas. Well, that's not what I did. I didn't do... I did a... I know, you did a single did, comma inverted. A single, a single inverted, inverted comma. Yeah, yeah. Is that an Oxford comma? What's an Oxford comma? Oxford comma is the way it should be. So it's you, it's, you what a, know... What a snobby thing. To, that's something someone who went to Oxford would say. I'm not in so, Oxford. I know, I, I'm just saying, like, that's something... I believe in the... I'm team Oxford comma. Uh, I, because it's, you know, Mike... Andy and Melissa went, yeah. or it belongs to Mike, Andy, and Melissa. So it would be Mike, comma, Andy, comma, yeah. and Melissa. That's how it should be. Right. But this newfangled non-Oxford comma is <laughs> Mike, comma, Andy, and Melissa. No comma there. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Because... Okay. You're going to bring out the grammar, grammar troll in me. Well, okay. So one of the reasons I think it's cool we're talking about Jesus parables um, is a uh, little known fact. I played Jesus <laughs> in a in a rousing high school rendition of Godspell. So if if those of you who are watching or listening like would like to know where we have the authority to talk about this, it's right here. Yeah, it's I right just, here. I'm just saying, son of son of God. Yeah, I. <laughs> I'm not saying you are the image of I the invisible am Jesus. I'm just saying I played Jesus in a version of Godspell that was uncomfortable at best. 
I mean, the whole thing was pretty was fine, but you being Jesus, is that what you're saying was uncomfortable? I that's for you to like. However, that's a parable. Yeah, however, that's, a, that's, yeah. A... that's my parable. I told you. I told you. I played Jesus. I was method. I was method acting. Yes. Be, be blessed, my children. <laughs> oh, I feel weird about yeah. this. Okay, so uh, my second parable. Uh, I don't know how much how much time. We got another we're, five minutes. Okay, we're fine. Um, so my second parable is actually one that you and I were both going to talk about. Mm. So I'm glad we did actually talk about this a little bit before we sure. got on here because I would not have been happy. Um, but is is actually the parable, this is a parable of the three servants, but that's what con- what's commonly been referred to as the parable of the talents. talents right. So it's in Matthew 25, but just says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on this trip. The servant who received five bags uh, began to invest the money and earn five more. Same with the, bag, with the guy with the two bags. Uh, he invested, earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags came forward with five more and said, you gave me the master's full of praise with, the, with that one. Same with the second one who, who doubled his money. But the one who only had one um, and basically buried it in the ground, um, he said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops. You didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. Hmm. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I'd harvested crops, I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least you would have gotten some interest. Hmm. <clears throat> then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. So I... <clears throat> The reason I really like this that was is a really quick reading. I like that. Thank that you. Um, I listened to all my podcasts on one point five. Yeah, uh-huh. I've started doing yeah. that actually. So if someone listens to this on one point five, they're just it's gonna be slow down. Yeah. Um, so I I really like this one because it's something that as I become an adult and I realize how hard it is to make money. Hmm. Um, and <laughs> uh, and so obviously this doesn't have to, to just do with money. And so I'm, I'll get to that in a second, but. When I realize, when I look at my bank account or whatever and see how hard it is to work for money or whatever, and then to see money go out very quickly <laughs> to certain things, um, I understand what the first guy or the guy with one bag of money is thinking. I don't have a lot and he's entrusting me with this money. And so like, I don't, I can't lose anything. So like, I just, I don't, I'm just going to hold on to it. Mm. It's the scarcity mindset. Yeah. And so much of the reason we don't see God move the way that we want to see God or that we feel like we should see God move or we expect God to move is because of that scarcity mindset. Hmm. And uh, God does not operate out of a scarcity mindset. For a God who spoke the universe into creation, uh, again, going back to last part, out of his delight and saying that these things are good— he obviously does, he can make something out of nothing. So why would we, if we are true followers of God, why would we ever adopt a scarcity mindset? Hmm. Not, not that, now what I'm saying is not, uh, not that we shouldn't do things that aren't wise. Just because we can do something doesn't mean we should do something. Uh, a, a, a healthy amount of wisdom and even skepticism uh, should be involved in making any decision, whether financial, spiritual, emotional, relational, whatever. However, 
we should never operate out of a mindset that we will never have enough. Uh, our God is a God of more than enough. Our God's a God of daily bread. Yeah. And like, and I just, I think that um, there's something to, you know, like these people seeing what they have been given as a gift and say, and the first thing, at least within the context of the story that they do is said like, well, I'm going to invest this. I'm going to take this and I'm going to use it. Um, you know, and like, and I will get a return on this. Um, and so, you know, I think about our talent, I think about our actual talents, uh, our gifts. Um, I think about our relationships. Everything that we have is an opportunity for us to invest into the kingdom and we will see a return on it. If we, if we truly make decisions with the kingdom in mind, um, with, with truly reflecting God's character, God's love, um, God's mercy, God's kingdom, if we, if we do everything in that mindset, then we will see a return on them. Uh, and we will, we will begin to see an abundance uh, of these things. Um, and that's not like, I'm not talking prosperity gospel, because I do think this is one of the parables that a lot of people um, can twist and oh, make yeah. it and make it say whatever they want it to say, yep. especially from a financial standpoint. Yep, absolutely. But it does go to show that even over 2000 years and well um well before that that money has always been on people's minds and mm. in people's hearts and there's a beeping noise. What is that? I think some I think we're about to blow up. Okay, cool. Um and uh one of the reasons that um Jesus uh what one of the reasons he's such a good storyteller is he knows how to get to people's hearts and what to use and he uses money here. Um and so while I do think it does tie into money a lot, it also ties into obviously way more than that. So And we're back. And we're back. Yeah, tech issues. We we pre-recorded today to avoid tech issues and we still had them. <laughs> we still had tech issues. <laughs> That's how good we are at we're this. We're gonna figure something yeah. out at mm-hmm. some point. Anyway, uh anything else on that parable? No, I think that that's it. I really like it. I love the idea of the talent too, like the word itself. Just yeah. like it is, it's all, it's fun. It's fun to think about. It is, and like they didn't mean it. I know. It's like that's not the the translation is not it. But like I hear that and I go, oh, am I sitting on my hands? Well, it's like if, like it, it's about as clear as some of these parables <laughs> get. You yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, my last one um, is in Matthew eighteen, uh, and it's the parable of the unmerciful slave, and I have to give another little context. So um, there was a pastor named Rob Bell uh, way back when. Um, some things happened with Rob Bell. Um, but when he, this is probably, let's say, 10 years ago, uh, he was the pastor of a church called Mars Hill Bible Church up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Shout out. And I had just become, not just become, I was a believer for maybe two or three years at that point. Well, maybe a little longer, but... Um, I was listening to, I was driving down McMullen Booth, uh, r- driving past Sam Ash music. Uh, Great. So even if you remember who that is. Smash. Yeah, Smash. Uh, it was that weird looking cathedral building. And I was going to work. I was working at a software company down in St. Petersburg, Florida, which was south of here. Anyway, uh, I put on the podcast, their, their weekly podcast, and was listening to it. And he read through this this is why it was one of my favorites he read through the parable uh seven times all the way through in very rob bell fashion like some fast some slow sometimes he just stopped at some words and and the reason he was reading through it he would he would speed through one and then he'd slow down during one section to really emphasize that section and then you know boom 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 boom. and the parable of the unmerciful slave i'm not i don't need to read the whole thing but peter starts out by asking jesus okay so 
let's say somebody wrongs me, Jesus, and Peter was asking it in very Peter fashion, very brash, very brazen fashion, and he says, all right, Jesus, so somebody hurts me, you tell me I'm supposed to forgive, like, how many times am I supposed to forgive? Like, seven? Because seven in that time, like, the, the Jewish tradition was eye for eye, tooth for tooth, nail for right. nail thing, and so if somebody wrongs you, you wrong them back, and... So Peter thinks he's being all magnanimous and like, oh, look at how cool I am. Well, and real quick aside, that's actually, even though that seems very brutal nowadays, very for, for the time, it was actually fairly merciful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's, that's a very cultural context that yeah. we don't ever read into it. But Jesus says, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. So, or seven times seven, which yeah. basically Jesus is just saying like, no, 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 just keep forgiving. Yeah. Um, which is something else I think we would need to talk about and in terms of like uh, abuse and right. all sorts of stuff. And there, there's other provisions throughout scripture in that that you need to read. But uh, the rest of the story is basically Jesus telling a parable of the kingdom of heaven is like a king who had billions and billions and billions of dollars. And he had a servant that owed him many millions of dollars. And he was good the, the, at the at the time. If you owe that amount of taxes or whatever, you got thrown in jail until you yeah. could pay for it, and you could you never, never really pay, pay for, for it. it. Yeah, and so yeah. you're just in jail the rest of your life. And so the servant goes and falls in front of the king and says, "Have mercy on me. I'm I'm weak. I'm all these other things. I can never pay this back." And the king, being very just, says, "Your debts are forgiven. Get up yeah. and go on this way." And so that's this huge like, oh my gosh! And there, I actually have a commentary pulled up, and it says that. Um, from the New Jerusalem Bible College, whatever, it says that the debt of the servant exceeds the taxes from Syria, Phoenicia, Judea, and Samaria. <laughs> so like more than four countries, that's how much he owed, and that the king... How? <laughs> well, I was gambling? I don't know, man. He put paid some bad, bad who is, ponies. Who would, who would let him, after two countries, who would still give him money? That's, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it exceeded that, and then the king says, you're forgiven. But the servant, so that's the miraculous part. The servant then goes out and he has somebody that owes him, like, in contrast, 10 bucks. Yeah. And he says, hey, I want my 10 bucks now. And then the, the, they says, no, we, 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 you know, he says, I can't pay you. And the guy says, okay, well, I'm going to throw you in jail now. Right. Because, yeah. For, because you can't pay me and yada, yada, yada. And so the servant actually ends up getting drugged back in front of the king. And the king says, you wicked servant, I forgave you your millions of dollars of debt. And you were, in contrast, only wanting 10 bucks away from you, you're in jail now. And the reason I like this one, obviously, is because of the sense of justice. I love the seven times 70 because it it's, uh, or seven times 77 or whatever because of the rock and the rabbi because that song <laughs> always pops up. Um, but I love the idea of the extravagant forgiveness. Um, I, we all have a really bad history of sin and all the other stuff in our own lives. You and do. So I, I definitely don't. The, I'm, Jesus. Yeah. 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 When, right, you yeah are, I, when you when are you, Jesus. When you get to play Jesus, you, you got to yeah. clean stuff when you up. Want, so. When you have to assume the yeah. role, you have to, it's almost like taking the, taking the vows. Uh-huh. Yeah. I took my cross. Yeah. And, yeah. You literally took your cross and then you had red streamers yeah. shoot out of you. Um, oh God. But yeah. Was it streamers or was it yarn? No, it was yeah, streamer-esque. Keep going. Yes. Streamer-like. Yeah. Um, but the, the the idea of the extravagant forgiveness is always something that, just like the first parable that I love, it always makes me need to shut my Bible and mm-hmm. write uh, hymns of and psalms of forgiveness and psalms of praise and psalms of everything in my journal, just saying, God, I, I'm not worthy of this. Yeah. Like, thank you. Thank you, God, for all of that. Thank yeah. you so much for everything that you've given me. So those are my two favorites. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. 
So we would love to hear your favorites as well in the comments of this uh, when this goes live or uh, just in the comments or shoot, it, shoot us, excuse me, an email at theweekdayatbayhope.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have you jump in on all our socials as well at Bay Hope Church for every single other thing. What yeah. else? To wrap up, Mike. Anything? Um, no, it's just been it's been really cool. I, I heard from someone um, through another person, but said that they've listened. They listen to every one of these, and really, uh, they go on a run. They listen to them, and um, I just for you listening, um, we really appreciate it. And uh, just you know, interact with us, engage with us. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, about maybe what you would want us to talk about too. So. Absolutely. And we got some awesome things coming up uh, in store, not only with our podcast and things with um, figuring it out with Austin and Spencer, which is really great. Also check that out in the Bay Hope TV family, the Bay Hope TV network of podcasts. Um, but we actually have some live teaching times where I'm going to be, we're going to be starting a brand new podcast called In Plain Speech, uh, where it's going to be myself and a bunch of special guests. We're really going to be walking through this here Bible in plain speech, really just kind of breaking things down. If you need an expert in Jesus, you let Mike, me know. Mike is going to talk you- about, me, you he's going to read call. all the red letters. You give me that call from the bullpen. I'll be here. Yeah. That's, For you. Is that a left and a right? Yeah, that's gotta, a, I'm, I'm what they know as a closer. So, oh, yeah. the resurrection mm-hmm. artist. Cool. With that, uh, we will talk to you next time. Love you guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Bay Hope TV. Be sure to like and share these videos with your friends as it really does help this channel out. And be sure to subscribe for more Bay Hope TV content. As always, thanks for watching.